Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today. Today, I get to bring you the vibes from Michael Dixon. Michael, what's going on, brother? Man, everything is going on. <laughs> everything and nothing simultaneously. What simultaneously, is going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> such a treat to have you here. For those listening in, um, a bit of background on Michael. Michael delivers fresh, inspiring, and engaging keynotes. He moves audiences to admit to meaningful outcomes. He's a jazz musician by trade, a gypsy by nature, and a fierce nonconformist and prolific anti-perfectionist. <laughs> Michael helps people and organizations thrive by rediscovering their creative confidence, reimagining, reimagining their creative potential, and reinventing their organization for relevance in this 21st century renaissance, as he puts it. Blending his unique experience, a bias for action, and a magnetic stage presence, Michael's keynotes are, pr are practical, poetic, and full of possibility. Every presentation is customized to drive maximum impact, and he uses live music, spoken word, visual storytelling and audience participation which gives him an edge in this field Michael is the not-so-secret weapon for conference organizations looking to inspire fresh, innovative thinking. His live learning experiences unite teams, ignite creativity, and equip audiences with the skills to solve complex 21st century business challenges. He gets it done. Uh, it's <laughs> funny. It's interesting listening to you read that because that's um, – that. it's as though you've taken that straight from my website. <laughs> but but – um, Given my, my past and my history is far more aligned with you and this podcast and the whole space that you're coming from, but now operating in, you know, the, the complete opposite of that world yeah. and hearing, um, hearing you speak it through 
I don't know, it's kind of like inception. It's like, oh, wow, I'm back in the world that I came from, but we're talking about now the work I'm doing in the world that I'm not from, but then there's all, yeah, so it's quite interesting. It's a good good beginning already, my man. <laughs> so explain that to us a little bit in terms of um, the world you're from. What does that world you're from originally from look like? Well, originally, so music was the thing, so I studied jazz and whatnot, but in terms of a, uh, there was always a lot of depth and there was always a lot of a spiritual element to my life and my work and everything that I was doing. Yeah. Being an artist or being a creative entrepreneur, um, accidentally, I guess, before it was even a title, you know, back in the 90s, coming out of school yeah. and whatnot, um, it just, it, it, um, yeah, it was very much just that that ah that the the cliched thing, you know. Everything I was looking for meaning, and there was a lot of synchronicity, and a lot of serendipity, and a lot of searching and seeking, a lot of backpacking around the world barefoot, and a lot of meditation, and a lot of healing, and whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and then at some point. The, the tables turned and I found myself walking the corporate corridors helping those people try and find their way to that world, which yeah. is a very interesting dynamic. Well, it's interesting that you share that because that's kind of the, the space I'm doing the opposite, <laughs> which is exactly probably what you were alluding to just before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a great place to have a conversation. There's something that you touched on there which really touches a vein with me, which I think probably this is the perfect podcast to sort of share this with um, the people, um, is my, my idea on, on creativity and entrepreneurialism is that they're actually the same. Um, mm. And I think you mentioned that just quietly just there as well. You just sort of tucked that into the conversation, which was, um, yeah, you know, you were walking this path as a creative, as a musician, and you, you know, you were living this life of an entrepreneur before this title entrepreneur became this new thing, rock star. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what brought you, like, I want to know what brought you from, um, I guess, uh, this life of looking for meaning, creativity, and as you put it, you know, spiritual and barefoot backpacking, um, and then coming across into trying to integrate and bring some people into that world, like what was bringing that medicine into the corporate world? What what drove that for you? Money. Yep. 100%. So the longer story short, so all my 20s I tried to be famous. I really wanted to be that rock star and I lived hand to mouth and I was super creative and I had band houses and we would write tunes until 4am and we would jump in the van and tour up the East Coast and for about a year I was a busker, just purely a busker and we used to make 2000 bucks on Swanson Street in two hours on a Friday night. Yeah. We were very, very good at it and it was um, – it was a cool life and it was a cool time and then, and then I got close to 30 and, and I had no savings, no house, no future per se. All of my dreams, all of my identity was wrapped up in this idea of, well, one day I'm going to make it. One day someone's going to choose me and they're going to then give me the life that I think I deserve. Mm. And uh, it didn't work out that way. And yeah. so, you know, in these in these what tend to feel like moments of clarity and epiphany but actually are this long, um, slow burn of, uh, of awareness was, okay, I need a reset, I need a complete pattern disruptor. So I sold everything, all my vintage keyboards, of which I've, I'll, I'll explain more about that in a minute, but I'm a collector of vintage keyboards, I love them, and uh, sold, sold them all, sold the van, sold everything I had, went overseas, and um, went to India, you know, I hadn't been there yet, so I spent about six, seven months there. Nepal, did all kinds of stuff. Then I found myself in Cambodia mm. and accidentally bought a beach bar. They ah. built 
a guest house. I had a Mexican restaurant literally 10 metres from the water. I did that for another year. It was amazing. Sold that. Then built a geodesic dome in the jungle. Cool. And I lived with my two dogs. I did yoga and wrote a lot of music, a lot of songs, a lot of stuff. And it was during that time, probably towards the end of that year, that I, because I wasn't sure if I was going to keep going or if I was going to um, head to uh, Central America and open a bar there. I didn't know. And I was creating all this content, all, all this music, and I wrote a musical and I wrote lots of poems and stories and, and, and um, stuff like that. And then I realized that all of it, I still wasn't at risk. It was still very safe and very, even though I was alone in a dome in Cambodia, which is often quite dangerous at times, very safe. And something in that, you know, made me realize, hang on a second, there's more for me to give to uh, the West, you could say. There's more for me to give back to the place that I was born and uh, the tribe, I guess, that you could say that I that I um, arrived into. Mm. I didn't know what that was, but I knew that I knew it was going to be different to pure music, and I knew that it was going to be it was going to have to set me up for the next 10, 20, 30 years of my life in terms of money and in terms of security. Yeah. Um, and so then I came back with with literally it was just a a clear intent uh, and no clarity whatsoever of the how. <laughs> you know. Nice. nice. Yeah. But then it was powerful. So, I mean, this is quite a long rant, but I'll give you the whole shit. Oh, anyway. Yeah, please, please. This is what the space is um, So then we came back and, and uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a job cash in hand working for my mother's, sorry, my friend's mother's publishing company. So I was packing books, was doing a few gigs. It felt very familiar. I was like, hang on, I've been away three years here. What's going on? So, and then an opportunity came up to run, uh, like manage the culture of a, a innovation space, like a startup hub, uh, co-working space. And I took somehow, I just engineered myself into that role. And to get that role, I actually wrote a spoken word piece and a song and a film clip. And that was my resume because I'd never gone for normal jobs. Yeah, awesome. I'd never queued up like everyone else. I'd never written a resume and sent it off like you do. Um, so I leveraged what I, the, the skill the I had. that you had. And it cut through. And so I got the gig. Incredible. And then from that, you know, built out a whole new network of relationships and met people operating the, in that startup space and entrepreneurial space and yep. even big business and even government and everyone started to come to this um, to this hub and I was kind of at the centre of it. And then I started writing content without realising it, but I, I had ideas about how to run a culture, about how to bring people together, about how to inspire innovative thinking and then people started asking me very organically, hey, you, you, can you come and share that thing with our team? oh, do you mind if I bring my team into the space and you can talk to them for an hour? And I didn't realise that I was starting to become a speaker slash consultant slash advisor. Mm. It was all very organic. Organic, yeah. And then uh, – but still having an idea of it. And then um, I met someone that was doing what I'm doing now and he was super cool. He was a young guy, really funky. And I just thought, man, you're, you're, you're it. Mm. You're what I've been looking for. How do I do it? And I got very close to him and he mentored me in, in – uh, and kind of took me under his wing and then before I knew it through a lot of risk a lot of vulnerability and a lot of uh, a lot of humiliation <laughs> um, somehow arrived to where I am now which is which is yeah I couldn't even begin to tell you how different my life is compared to what it was before I left for India yeah incredible sounds and, like he, <laughs> and can I add one thing 
uh, in the craziness of it all, if I can, you know, offer anything to anyone. When, so when I was 29 or 30, I thought, I can't believe I'm going to sell these keyboards. There's three vintage keyboards I had. One's a Yamaha CP70, one is a, um, a Whirly, one's a Rose, Fender Rose. And you could, the collector's items, when you get one, you hang on to them, you never sell them, that's just it. But I needed the money to go, and I thought, you know what? They're going to come back to me. So last year, that's the CP70. Nice. That there is the roads. Oh, no sorry, way. the road. And right there is the is the roads underneath that painting. Yo. <laughs> yes. How's that for a win? And you know what else is crazy? Yeah. Um, and and I mean this with no no sense of um, arrogance. This is completely humble or whatever. But just the guys like this is how much I want for him. And I said no problem, man. Done. Take it. No question, because I had the resources behind me that that what at one point was, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to be getting rid of these. I'll never be able to afford them again, you know, uh, to now be, yeah, man, I'll, I'll buy them with, what, with credit card or with cash. Now what do you need? Sure, sure. Yeah, Which so. It's amazing how um, I love these little tokens that um, we end up with in our life that sort of in, like these little indicators. They're like these little yeah. flag points, like a little milestone. Like, isn't that awesome. just a really incredible sort of like you've almost danced a ritual with yourself without even knowing that you were in a ceremony, <laughs> you know? It was like, yeah. Exactly. Really. And, brilliant. you know, and, and a part of me and I think a part of us does know, you know, yeah. I think there is you know you're in it at least um some of us do but i think all of us do on some level and it's trusting that and leaning into it and dancing with it um that then it becomes so blatantly obvious that you are (laughs) (laughs) when moments like that occur for sure yeah Yeah, wow what a a bit speechless (laughs) new for me (laughs) this is such a good story you know and, and i hate um I guess I I get your audience, and I wanna I wanna just I'm giving up all all of the shit that everyone has to deal with when they do a podcast, and they oh god I've got to talk about myself. It's so self indulgent, <laughs> but it is actually can be a service to others. So I'm just yeah. gonna dive in and give my story Thank because you. I think um, well, I think there is value in it, man. Yeah, so that's actually something really interesting. Let's take that as a tangent um, because I've. Um, you know, before I started the podcast, I actually had hang-ups about starting a podcast. I, oh, um, yeah, I'm adverse to you know the two talking heads. Actually, what we're yeah. doing here, yeah, and sort of going, hey, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Implement this into your life, you know, because. Um, I guess the podcast for me came from this gathering that I hosted in my house for about a year called Mandala Moments. And people came over and we all sat down. I brewed chai, so I became Mr. Chai, which worked culturally good fit. And um, so people came over and I brewed chai and we sort of sit and we discuss things like whether it was Jungian philosophy or stoicism, just not really adhering to anything, but just sort of like flowing with ideas consistently and just all these themes would permeate. And people got a lot out of the conversations like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, hmm the whole reason this thing works is because Amrit's getting something out of Michael. Michael's getting something out of Christina. Christina's getting something out of Stephanie. There's no guru here. Mm, you know, totally. There's no one that's sitting up here going, my idea, my idea is for you, you know. It's yeah. just you take what you can out of the space and the space is consistently offering up all this stuff. And that's why the podcast was like this really incredible journey. And the reason I bring this story up is because – I've learned to ride this edge now in podcasting, which is for me, it's all about just bringing my innate curiosity to your story. Yeah. 
you know and so there's that place where it's like okay what's your story why are you doing what you're doing and what were the passions the whys the interests the curiosities that drove that and I've learned that that there's a really humble place to do something you know I don't have to be Mr. Ego and be like hey like this is what you guys should be learning about that's the meta you know that's Mm. the story from the background like obviously I'm passionate about health obviously I'm passionate about purpose you can Mm. look at the podcast titles and just see what I'm like I'm into and what I'm willing to promote Um, Mm. not from a place of ego just from a place of curiosity but the storytelling rides the group of humility consistently again and again and again and it's it's so much wiser than the ego as well like i've noticed is because you'll share your story and out of that i got like this whole story of like trust and surrendering right but someone else will listen to that and they'll get something about like a lack of attachment you know and it's Mm -hmm. like there's all these different things that people can get from storytelling which is why i'm really excited to have you on because like you were recently awarded as a as a um as a speaker um and I'm just really excited to know that you do, like I've watched a couple of your keynotes as well, and it is storytelling at its, if I may, mm-hmm. dare may say so, at its finest. You do a really good job of it. And uh, I just want to open that up because as time immemorial, you know, like especially the indigenous culture here, you know, passing like wisdom through story, through song, you know, it's it's like it's technology that's way older than, you know, you and I are at the, you know, and a lot of our generations as well. Mm. Can I go – can I even go um, back to what – I think you just said something really beautiful. It's a great context to tie in with, with um, your listeners in – in getting where, well, just for anyone wanting to get anywhere in life, that curiosity that you're speaking of, mm-hmm. the way that you're approaching this keynote or the way that we could approach storytelling, mm-hmm. the way that you can approach the leap in your career from corporate to full-time creative or vice versa, mm-hmm. if you come at it from this humble, uh, relentless, obsessive curiosity mm-hmm. where you where you just – you cease to exist because you it really is this fascination. You're just so immersed in whatever you're dealing with or whoever you're speaking to or whatever you're facing or hearing. Mm. Um, that it's a partnership. There is always this there is always a conversation that is willing or wanting to be heard by you. Mm. Um, above and below the conversation you're actually having. If you come from that beautiful, curious, open, like, wow, because you could be, I mean, you've done four other podcasts today and you could be exhausted, right? I'm so pumped. (laughs) Exactly, because you're you're furiously, like curiously engaged Mm. and and it's a source of energy, it's a source of power and then translating that from, you know, this mystical um, spiritual place that we love to dance in to your career progression, to how you can um, get noticed more in your market or in your organisation, to how you can start charging more, to how you can get that promotion or whatever it is. It's because if you're that curious, you're going to see um, new, novel, original ways to find, to articulate and deliver value. You are going to – this is the, the entrepreneurial, the creative, the artist. Yeah, the whole mantra for it. It is all about bringing something new into being that, that, that wasn't there before, smashing two things together, you know, just mixing some ingredients, going, wow, check this out. Yep. And that doesn't happen unless you're curious. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, it's the bedrock. It is the gateway to a successful career, to a, a successful um, 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exhibition to getting work out, to starting a podcast, to doing whatever it is you want to do. And if you're not curious, you know, people say, oh, but how do you get curious? Yeah, it's good. I'm just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, just sit and look at something and get bored and then notice that you're getting bored. Mm. You know, like just be go and have a conversation with someone and if you're getting distracted, you want to look at your phone, notice that you're getting distracted and that you're trying to look at your phone. Just start getting a little meta on yourself and going, man, I, look at what I'm doing to disconnect. Look at how I'm disengaging. Mm. Look at how unconsciously this is all happening, mm. like an, in an instinctual sense. But right behind that is this, it's like this army of, of horses and these, you know, warriors that are just like, let me at it. What is yeah. it? I yeah. get it, you know? Um, it's, it's amazing. It's inherent in us. It is innate. Mm. It's, but we're, we're in the way for a multitude of different reasons. Mm. I was, uh, I think the, I'm curious about diving into the like the reasons. I know that we could talk about that till the cows come home, but maybe of course you're sure. curious. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 lack of boredom in our lives, you know, it's something yeah. that um, I've actually, I think, in the last few months, been like actively going out of my way to. This is this is going to sound ridiculous, but this is what I do. I actually have to put my phone in another room yeah, to great. eat. Yeah, yeah, just to eat. And it's just like, what? Like, why did I, why did that become a thing for me? <laughs> you know, it's like, at what point was it just like, I'm eating, I've got nothing to do. Yeah, I'll just flick, you know, yeah. but now I'll like put it away and I'll like actually stay with my food and be like, oh, cucumber, mm. oh, onions, you know, like actually just spend the moment to be, this sounds woo woo now, like stay in the moment, be present with my food. Yeah. So it like nourishes me and like the whole way. But boredom, like I can't even handle boredom while I'm actually engaged in eating something, which is like that's an occupying task, you know. Yeah. And it's, I think it's pretty insidious. Like I find technology is like it's got amazing, like look at us, we're having a conversation here, you know. You're in Geelong, I'm over here. It's incredible that we get to have this conversation over the airwaves and people are listening all over the world. Ridiculous, right? Incredible blessing. Yeah. But when it when it's left unchecked, it has this sort of creepy crawly sort of way to like just eradicate boredom, which, like you said, is a bedrock for so many amazing things. Yeah, and and I'm not one for the science of things, but it's um, you know in an era of fake news, it's kind of all we've got in a lot of ways. But it, there's new stuff coming out every other day that we've known anyway, but mm. that that confirms. 
what becomes available to us when our brain is in different states of boredom or, uh, you know, whatever brain waves where it's just, you know, you're driving, you don't realise and you arrive and you go, oh, man, wow, shit, did I? <laughs> it almost feels dangerous. Yeah. And yet it's quite blissful because you were just off in this other place and you, you realise, oh, that's right, I should give them a call. And it's um, there's just so much value in that. Mm. We completely – and I, I would say um, – Recently, definitely having two kids under two, and I have quite an aversion to socials at the moment. Yeah. And I, I started um, back in October last year. I started a five-year project, and it was to vlog to put out a uh, a new vlog video every week for five years. Mm. Um, I do these fifty-week or fifty-day projects, so I wanted to step it up. And I've I went three weeks without doing one, then I did like six in a row. Then I've I've now gone another three weeks, and I just haven't looked at at Facey and LinkedIn and Twitter and all Insta and all of that, and I don't miss it, man, at all. <laughs> and it's a, yeah. it's a, I'm not I know I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of people like this, feeling like this, mm. particularly about wanting to build careers or you know this entrepreneurial thing. Well, how else do you um, build a market or a network if you're not on there? If you're not feeding the beast? If you're not creating content? Mm. I don't I don't have an answer for this. I mean, I have one that works for me and something that I'm exploring, but. Um, this is definitely a challenge that everyone's facing now that we're all content creators. Now we've all got the tools and we're mm. readily able to to make podcasts and to make vlogs and to make write articles and share them. We are now all doing it, mm. and and so cutting through um, has a whole if that, thing of its own. And if that's even what you want to do, you know, it's quite. What I find, um, I feel like ranting again. Can I do a little bit? Please. So what I find interesting, because I do a lot of mentoring stuff and a lot of it is with uh, executives or, or business people wanting to be more creative, but then kind of in my spare time almost as a way to give back, I work with um, artists trying to help them to get more savvy sure. in, in a business sense. Yeah. And um, one, th- one thing that is, is just, it's essential, it is so vital for the more creative types yeah. is, or even both, both ways. You, you have to be really clear. Even if you're not clear on exactly where you want to go, you, you have to be clear on what's enough in terms of money or in terms of time or in terms of networks or whatever it is. Otherwise, with this social infinite world that we're in, you will forever drown in infinity. But if you strip it right back and go, cool, so I know I need to make X thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and I know I've got... Ten different ways to do that, but three of them are probably the most profitable, most meaningful, most beautiful ways to do it. Well, I'll do those three, and then what do I need to do? Strip it right back to like, cool. So, what do I need to do today? Mm. Get that stuff in order, and then stop. Like, once that's done, don't keep this endless <laughs> run. Yeah. yeah, just stop a minute and and enjoy that you've you know that you're now safe. Yeah, you're sustainable. Otherwise, um, you know, I know people that, that are doing incredibly well and they have no time and they're chasing this endless beast mm. and it's like, but dude, that was never what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. You, you set out to have more time and all you wanted to do was have enough uh, resources and whatever that you could have more time to do the things you love and now you've got all the resources in the world but you're, you're drowning. Yeah. And I think that, that that's because because of the internet. 
I think um, not not solely, but I think uh, we're all quite swept up in this um, this infinite information, infinite possibility. Yeah, information's an interesting road, isn't it? Because I often like even as a I've reflected on this for quite some time. It's been a meditation for me, if you will, um, in that my grandfather's grandfather, so not that long ago, um, he settled his own village in India. Now it's got like tens of thousands of people in there, yeah? But for him to know why grass is green would have just been, okay, so that's going to be a lifelong meditation for me. Like someone may come my way and explain, some mystic traveler that like, you know, some snake died and gave its colors for the grass to be green, (laughs) you know. Um, But the whole idea of chlorophyll, you know, that was – he may have chanced across the scientific right reason for it, that there's, you know, this bio process that occurs in, in a blade of grass. Um, but that was only six gener like not even six generations ago, right? Like he would have had to wait years, if at all, for someone to come past and give him this piece of, this piece of information that he was looking for. Right. And in today's day and age, like that's just been an epic meditation for me again and again in life, you know, and then I like look at the phone and how much information comes my way. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it, it brings a lot into question for me. Um, I've been working on a PhD for the last two and a half years. And uh, to be honest, I'm like subscribing to a model of education that I do not believe in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we don't learn that way anymore. You know, mm. my personal belief is that actually YouTube is the new classroom. Mm. When you look at people and like having like informed conversations in the comments, people are like engaging with exactly the content they want. They're asking the questions they exactly want to ask. And then people are writing back to and from that. And they're learning so much and they're sharing appreciation for stuff. And it's, I look at that and I'm like, that looks like more like what I expect a classroom to be. And the amount of stuff I learn in like an hour and a half of exactly the content that my curiosity wants to arrive towards, you know, it's it's incredible. It is. Yeah, it is. Had, and, yeah, yes. No, 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 you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, um, you know, how do you find your way like weaving through that like awareness of, you know, um, not oversaturating the information and bringing the creativity into, you know, for the audience that you're prescribing creativity as the future for into the, yeah. Well, with, uh, with that, with that beautiful, um, I'm sure you've seen, you know, Khan Academy, Salman Khan, the guy from India, have flipped the classroom with the kids and stuff. Yeah. And you're right. It is, it is, um, it's a beautiful, it's, it's, it's liberated, uh, knowledge in a way, in that it's accessible to all of us. And um, I want to get, like going back to your grandfather, something that I still try to reconcile all the time is we are always seeking this external uh, affirmation or confirmation of a particular idea. Uh, and so we're endlessly seeking information. We want to confirm, uh, you know, what I need to know, I need to know. Um Rather than, or at sometimes at the expense of sitting and waiting to find out why the grass is green, because the grass is green, like on one hand, sure, because of chlorophyll, but it's also not like why the grass is green. Like it is, if you're looking at it through a lens of, you know, well, I want to know why the grass is green so that it you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But why is much more philosophical and it's much more subjective. 
then I'm merely, well, chlorophyll and whatever else it is. <clears throat> and funnily enough, I, I, it, you know, you reminded me of this Einstein quote. It's not verbatim, but basically um, he said, um, oh, look, if, if what is being experienced is expressed through a lens of emotion and intuition, we call that art. If that mm. same thing's being experienced and expressed through a lens of logic and reason, we call it science. science. So two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And I think that there's something, you know, we're, we're seeing definitely an explosion of, of science, of rational thought, of logical, of um, analytical, critical, you know, progress has come from that. Mm -hmm. And now I think, you know, we're, we're seeing what it's like when we have favoured that way of thinking mm -hmm. and that, that way of being in the world. And now we're, there is this pendulum swinging back to a more creative, artistic, emotive, sensory, aesthetic approach um and is that what you refer to in the renaissance yeah pretty much so the renaissance as a in you know the literal translation is bridge so it's, it served as a cultural bridge from the dark ages to modern history the same thing is happening now mm. between um you know everything that was pre-ai and now what's going to be a fully integrated ai driven existence we are going to live in partnership with our technology mm -hmm. so we're living through a cultural bridge because it's not just a technological um, transformation it's a cultural one we have to develop relationships with our computer we already have mm -hmm. Um, and develop relationships with all these tools and and uh, movies like Her, you know, with um, Joaquin Phoenix and stuff like that. That that is just it's beautiful and terrifying and mm. inevitable. Like it's <laughs> it's amazing. So so given that, um, you know, now is yeah, it's the twenty first century Renaissance, and and at the same time as that's quite terrifying it's disruptive there's a lot of chaos and destruction there is also like the renaissance um back in 1700s or whatever if there was it's a time of flourishing of human flourishing culturally um artistically um like a human development the opportunities are profound yeah for, to this yeah to be a beautiful time yeah it's uh, it's interesting because what you're touching on um, it really strikes a chord with me because I stuck for a while being an engineer and I just could not for the life of me like understand like I appreciate poetry and I like I wrote a bit here and there when I was inspired but in terms of like the real value of it it was just like yeah. what like what is this? You can't build a bridge out of poems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. cannot build a bridge out of poems. It's literally right. like, that was the engineer. I love and, it. <laughs> and since then, it's been like this really long journey to realizing that actually poetry is what kind of, and music is kind of what gives you fresh landscape. You know, the poet is trying to have, like give you a, a, a brand new canvas to draw a whole new world on where there are no bridges. Yeah. You, know, you just soar from one place to the other and it's like, whoa, you know, and then you play that with science. And it, it sounds really out there, but like that's taken me years to yeah. really like come on this journey and really land here where it's like, holy cow, like art is just as important as science. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and they're the same. They are the same thing. It's two sides of the same coin because poetry itself is there's a beautiful economy of words. It is very efficient. It is very um, you know to engineer or to arch- architect a phrase or a, or a stanza or a verse mm. is um, it's it's it takes. Yeah, it takes both sides of your brain. It's not all airy-fairy like it just comes to you in this moment or whatever. There's a lot of refining and defining and left and right brain. And and um, similarly, you know, a bridge is a bridge, but then you, as soon as you start thinking about, well, what if we marry the, the materials with an aesthetic? What, well, what would it look like if we did this? You're starting now to bring this whole creative, um, this, this intent for beauty um, to marry with functionality which uh, we're going to see a lot. I mean, there's been so much work done on this stuff, it just hasn't hit the mainstream for, for hundreds of years. But there is um, something I'm exploring a lot at the moment is this idea of uh, aesthetic intelligence, that we are, we in us is, there is um, beauty matters. And, mm, yeah. you know, and not it's just... curious thing, not, that, isn't it? <laughs> And not just as entertainment or decoration or um, to make us feel good inside, but actually look at like, I mean, look at nature, like a, a flower is beautiful to attract mm. a bee. Mm. Like it's all, it's all by design and, and we need to consider beauty, not just in terms of a visual aesthetic, but also well, how does it feel to work in this office? How does it feel when someone uh, meets me for the first time? How, like, what's the environment like? How does that conversation feel? Is it beautiful? Mm. Because if it is, and it's also impactful, it still delivers value in some way. You, it's exponentially more powerful. Mm. Not, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's it's a really intriguing um, point that we've hit, and like this synthetic intelligence thing, because I uh, was talking earlier today about um, form versus function. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were discussing because my whole my whole curiosity is about ontology. You'll yeah, find great. that the one thing that drives Amrit is ontology. Structural engineer, passionate about architecture, meditator, now coaching meditation and mindfulness, inner space, outer space. It's just that consistent. Right. Um, but this idea of, and I think this is like this conversation has organically come to a really great place because we were talking about function and science and science and science and then the form, which is the poetry and the art. And, you know, I'm kind of in the back of my head. I can feel the architect from the Matrix standing behind me right now, <laughs> just going architect. <laughs> but it's that whole idea of like form versus function, and I've thought a lot about this myself as well because my favourite sports is the F1s. Um, that's the engineering me. But the cars are beautiful, right? And yeah. every year, without fail, the car that is the most aesthetically pleasing is the fastest. It, yeah, wow. And it, it does my head in because it has the aerodynamics for it, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's just an aerodynamics trumps engine power and it's like the laws of nature are requesting from that car to be as beautiful as possible. Exactly. So this idea of aesthetic intelligence is profound. Yeah. And that, and I think the, the key piece in this is that it's not versus, it's not or, it's not but, it's and, form and function are both part of the same and they couldn't exist without each other. There's a beautiful duality in the whole singularity that is existence and if we are more open to that and more um, work with that, uh, we'll be so much more effective a la the F1s. Mm. It's not like there's a, there's a functionality to the form 
Like there's the reason why these beautiful cars keep winning is <laughs> because the form of beauty is so much more effective at like you know what I'm saying. Totally. A beautiful car is so much goes so much faster because yeah, blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, it's uh, there's this guy that wrote the book called uh, The Design of Everyday Things. His name's Don yeah, Norman. Um, exactly. And right. If you read his book like 25 years ago, it was all about function. Function, yeah. function, 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 yeah. function. And I bring this book up because I want to have this conversation with you. Yeah, great. Because he revised it like a couple of years ago and now it's just gone form, 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 form. And he's like, and people think like I'm this massive hypocrite, but it's just like this realization that I've had. Yeah. Um, and so now he just stops and like, <laughs> he's a bit ridiculous. He's yeah. got like these amazing like $1,000 gold plated cheese graters like sitting in his like yeah. foyer, which he never grates cheese with because it's all about how beautiful is this now. Exactly. <laughs> so he takes the piss out of himself, which is amazing. But the, I bring yeah. this up because my quick curiosity goes to the point where it's like, was that always like, is this like, is this always going to be the case? It's like, let's, let's put up the scaffolding and then let's drape it in something beautiful. And then let's continue to put up the scaffolding and then let's drape it in something beautiful. Is it always this dance between form and then the, the Renaissance? And then, you know, is this kind of what you expect? Yeah, probably. Like it, and like a spiraling, circling, you know, the, it's, uh, yeah, we, there's night, there's day, there's man, there's woman, there's left, there's right. There always feels to be like, well, yeah, we do a bit there, we do a bit there, we do a bit there. The idea is that we're always trying to return to this unity. Awesome. And we love, you know, we love to be able to come from pure form and function at the same time, all the time. Maybe it's not possible. Maybe that's not the point. Maybe the tension exists maybe the momentum, sorry, that we seek and that drives everything forward lives in that tension of form and function, left and right, man and woman, night and day, yes and no. So my question then is um, what, because I know we, we discussed that what brought you into bringing this world of form into function was all like initially money and getting grounded, but what mm. drives you now? I mean, that was, you know, that was a, well, that was 50% of, you know what drove me, mm. um, but the other thing I think is, is I want more people. Okay, what drives me now? This is a good question. What drove me for a long time was my the wounds, you know, creative wounds. Um, we've all got them, and I, you know, had a couple of couple of doozies like everyone else when I was a kid and I used to throw these events and I'd get sell them out and there'd be 500 people and I'd read this poem and then the band had started and it was all about bringing everyone together. It was really different to all the other bands at the time and I think that's why I wasn't successful because it was far too hippie yeah. in, in the markets that I was trying to be in. But ultimately it was about bringing people together to create a safe space so that they could step further into their full self-expression, mm. a space that they could self-actualize. And then I realized quite early on that the whole reason I was doing that was actually to have a safe space for me <laughs> so that I could have my full self-expression and my self-actualization. I actually feel like I've moved through a lot of that and I don't think that I, by any means, am I fully realized as a being, but I think... Um, I have actually, I can, which is a beautiful thing actually, just coming aware of this in this conversation, it's a beautiful part to be able to close that chapter in a sense and say, yeah, I'm not driven by those wounds as much anymore. Mm. Uh, that'll always be a part of me in some way. But now I think I really am, I really am driven by, I want people to know this stuff. I think that 
I think that everyone is better when when they feel more. Mm. You know, when stop thinking or keep thinking, mm. but just feel feel a little more too. Mm. And when you when you catch up with people you haven't seen in a while or strangers or, or colleagues and you've done the big heavy day of work and then someone puts the tunes on and then mm. someone someone mixes up a drink yeah. and there's like fresh mint in it. There's just these all these little elements that are real and that are sensory and that are, that are aesthetic that can't help but get you and suddenly you thought you were exhausted and then you're back and you're vibing and you're connected and you're alive. That I mean, that's just one tiny example of what's possible if we allow for form and function. We allow for you know uh, engineering and art, science, whatever the whatever the polarity is. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think, wow, we're only skimming the surface of the potential. What would what would the world be like? I always used to think this as a kid. How many Jimi Hendrixes and Picassos and Pablo Neruda's are in the suburbs right now, mm. laying bricks and working in a in a supermarket or being investment bankers? Mm. Because that that's the only way they could survive. Mm. And yet they they were gifted. I mean, all of us have the potential to be wildly creative beings, but there are there are some that just have an extra little something, mm. and they're the Bowies and the Princes and the whoever else is. How many of them are like underneath our overlay? <laughs> you know, they're but they're just, and that could be you and I, man. Mm. Like, who knows if we really surrendered? If we really like, we didn't just surrender and let go. We actually ran mm. with everything we have like burn the boats and I am going to see what my full creative potential is. Yep. What would you give to the world? Mm. You know, like think it where would we be without these profound creative beings and their expressions? We wouldn't be talk, talking right now. Sure. <laughs> We'd be soaring. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's um it's yeah, it's interesting that isn't it because that's often a meditation for like when you have when you see like limitless possibility all you see is all your own stuff standing in the way yeah. you know and it's just like huh who put this there and it was like me <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> you know and it was all circumstance based but it was all me at the end of the day and it's exactly. just the um the intimidation of your creative higher self yeah. is a real is a real rub um there's this something that i um i share at a i share it in a, some of the coaching and the, the the work that i do in trainings and stuff is um if oak trees 100 meter oak trees had the mind of a human they'd only be 10 meters tall yeah man you know um, absolutely just that self you know the, the the negative self-talk and that lack of wanting to express and be ourselves it just they would never reach to the majesty of who they really are but yeah and the irony in that is that we are the most complicated being that we're aware of yeah you know yeah um, and the all beings that are simpler according to our standards and our perception and judgment of them probably mm -hmm. is the right word um they don't have these hang-ups they're not self-limiting in these ways you know they fulfill their form and their function yeah know, fully i think there's no greater um there is no greater what is it imperative 
for us as as adult humans living in 2018 mm. than to recover creatively, than to um, restore and reconnect and realign with that pure creative instinct that is innate in us. Mm. And, and it's funny as you were saying that before, I think about uh, just about a lot of these keynotes or sessions that I'll do and I'll talk about education system at different points. Now, we inherited it. It's not pointing the finger. There's yep. beautiful teachers. It's, it's the best we got right now. Mm-hmm. It's not working. It's not effective anymore. Um, we know this, but this is what we went through and a lot of the people in the room went through. And so we'll talk about that and then we'll create this other amazing conversation about what's possible and blah, 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 blah. And every, just about every time it gets to Q&A, someone will put their hand up and say, either I remember back in school this happened and that's when I decided I wasn't going to create anymore. But the, but the next question, or most of the time, the first question is, so how are we going to fix our schools? And for me, what, what I mean, like there's the first layer of like, oh, that's, yeah, cool. That's not the conversation we're going to have today, but that's, I like, you know, you're thinking about your kids. You're, you don't want the same thing to happen to them as it did to you. But for me, at least my interpretation of why that question always comes up is that that, that a lot of these people are so resigned that they're not creative and that they're done. It's almost like, okay, cool, so well, you're, you're clearly not talking about me. So mm. let's just let's focus on how I can fix it for my kids. Support the next ones coming through. Because I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm not creative. I'm done. So how can we fix our school for the kids? Wow. No, you're not done. Yeah, you're just getting started. <laughs> yeah, you're not fucking done. You know, there's a lot of work to be done and... It, that's how deep this this block is. Yeah, it's amazing. It's full uh, on. It's impl- that's why that's why your podcast is so important. That's why these conversations are so important. Yeah. Um, something that's come up for me while we're talking about creativity is just the reflection that we actually met um, in a common on the common ground of health because we're both really curious about health, and uh, I think this is uh, a perfect little segue into introducing just I guess my my humble belief on um, on vitality is that um, is that creativity is the key to your vitality. Yeah. Um, because to me, and this is like me being a full nerd about it, but the word vital means how vital are you to nature, and that is what supports your vitality as a human being, right? And you're vital if you're creating because nature is fundamentally always 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 creating and so a lot of my coaching and a lot of the the mentoring you know tries to introduce creativity because health and wellness coach but like it's like creativity is such a big part of it and that's why i share a lot of stuff on facebook and i'm like playing the guitar or playing the handpan it's like what does this have to do with this coaching and it's like i'm health and purpose isn't it vitality creativity how vital are you to nature's creative process to express yeah Yeah. and i'm just like i think this was the perfect little space to sort of have this conversation because that's where we met in a pursuit of in the pursuit of health yeah and i think that you are um that is a beautiful a beautiful uh tangent or or whatever whatever we call it because um Tying back with with speaking about how how people are so resigned as though no that's it I'm I'm done I'm not creative I'll go and do other stuff how vital how vital creativity is for vitality um, and yet on the one hand how far we are from it mm. is it makes sense because it's we're so wounded and we're so hurt. And we're so we got this baggage around it. It's so we're so vulnerable when we create and we get laughed at, or when we you know no one likes or it's not as pretty as the next person or whatever it is. 
But because it is so essential to our vitality, of course we would have that level of block around it. Mm. Like it's, it's almost like the final frontier. It's not to make it the be-all and end-all, but it does make sense that why it's, it's so, at least at this time in this place, it's easier for people to go, you know what, I'll just go and do that engineering degree. You know what, I'll just go and make the money. I'll just get set up. And then what's hilarious is then they come and see me when they're 45, 55, 65, <laughs> pay me a lot of money yeah. to help them remember who they were when they were 16. Mm-hmm. And they've gone and done everything that they were supposed to have done in in following the rules and making the money and doing the blah, blah, blah. But that, that final frontier, that final sense of vitality is um, it comes from that creative, the creativity. The innate. This is be- this is actually a beautiful conversation for me now because sometimes I can get um, the the space that I play in. I, mean, I talk about artistry a lot, but people don't buy artistry. That's another that's another whole you know level of beyond. They talk about innovation all the time. It's still tying to, but how is it effective? We can't just be creative. We need we need to be. <laughs> we need innovative. the bottom line to move up. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be practical, useful, so we can progress in some way. Yeah. You, you're going to meet you're going to meet Sonny. I think he's got. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but uh, oh, he's I've completely lost my train of thought. That's my son. We're talking about how the bottom line had to had to consistently push up, and then we were talking about like you were also mentioning how innovation is what people are consistently That's looking right. for. That's right. So, yeah, they're looking for innovation. And sometimes I can get lost in – not lost. I can – I almost get drawn into that and I start giving them what they want and telling them what they want to hear. Mm. And then it is good for me to be reminded, stay strong. Yeah, sure, tell them innovation. But once you've got them, be really clear and direct. Don't dilute the message in any way. This is not about innovation. That's just – that's the end – Byproducts. Yep. We're talking about the vitality, mm. the pure, the pure essence of existence being creative, divine, you know, expression, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, this is good, man. This is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's intriguing to. I was I was thinking about two things at once, and <laughs> sort of just fused into. <laughs> fused into one thing but um i'm also aware that you know your kids are dropping in and out so let's let's have a let's have a conversation about um what was your like in your mind what was your biggest i know you mentioned that there was this this guy that was doing it and living it the way that he wanted to what was your biggest inspiration um coming onto the path that you're on now oh i know inspiration is tough because musician (laughs) yeah i would say i would say I saw the possibility of making – I saw the, the, the very beautiful, cliched possibility of seeing doing something I loved or something I was good at and something that was valuable to others. And I really felt like, wow, that's that's the thing. And I think where we're going to get to now is this idea of identity and how important that is in, in driving and shaping your life and your work and your career and stuff like that because there was a lot of hang-ups around I was a musician. And I yeah. couldn't do what I'm doing now because that would be working for the man. <laughs> or, but I enrolled everyone for 20 years in this idea that I was going to make it. 
all my close friends and family and stuff. And if I did, what did that mean about who I am? Mm. And I've got possibly another 60, 80 years of life left, but to, to have decided that, oh, well, that didn't work, that's not who I am has failed, mm. you know, collapsing what I did or was choosing to do for a while with who I am. Mm. Um, and then somehow, you know, through that unravelling of the travel, uh, it, it gave me the space to starting to consider and particularly choosing. I very consciously chose to do the bar because it was quite, it was a long way from what I was, mm. okay, I spent a lot of time in bars, but, Doing you know, it, it was, yeah. it, you know, I wasn't playing music, I was on the other side, I was yeah, making drinks and talking the books, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. So it was very, like it was a big departure, mm. which it gave me the time and the space to reconsider who I was in the world. And I also thought it was important, or it was, it was actually more effective doing that outside of my environment um, that I just left. And yeah. this is a critical piece yeah. because I, I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday. I can look back. I, I've had many developments in my life and career. Now I live in Geelong. I've got two kids. I live in this beautiful house. It's mm. it's just super – it's bizarre how different my life is mm-hmm. from all these different um, seasons. Yep. But each one of them – there has been, if I was reflecting on this yesterday, there's been a, a conscious decision to leave a particular environment or a particular space because I couldn't grow in it. Mm. And I couldn't, and it was no one's fault around me, but I needed um, who I was for me when speaking with them was keeping me locked and trapped in that identity. I needed to detach myself from them in order to progress. Which is powerful, and that's where it gets scary, and a lot of people worry. Um, and you have to say goodbye to a few relationships. You have to say goodbye to a few a few things. Um, come in here, mate. Come on, <laughs> come eat. I'm ready. Oh, you! How adorable do you want to be? <laughs> hey, good, eh? Oh, I love your jumper. <laughs> Couldn't help himself. Yo, he's adorable. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're on the podcast now. Um, so when we when we met, I think he was he even in he might have been. He Kate's was in tummy. Kate's belly. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Here, do, do, do you want to get him actually? Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like to see Kate. Water and hey, Kate. <laughs> How are you? Oh my god, you guys are thriving. Look at you go. <laughs> and there's dusting as well. Uh, oh, oh. We're, we're mid-interview here, right. guys. Yeah, you guys are doing great. No, this is this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm you know that, you know that BBC clip last year of the... the... No, 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 don't touch that, please. This is classic. Um... Anyway, no, mate, no, 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 come on. Come here, come here. Because um, that's a pretty important piece is that um, you got to leave. You've got to be willing to say goodbye and yep. to set fire to a few um, relationships. Yeah. Or um, in order for you to grow into the next iteration of you and then you can return to them after. Yeah. Uh, in a new way. When you're a bit more integrated with the new vision of yourself, which is, I have to say, I was smiling as you were saying that and I shouldn't have been because it was a deep, you know, a deep reflective part, pardon, but I was smiling because 
I, uh, I struggled with depression for about five years from my adolescence between 18 and 25. And when I got to 25, I finally, like my whole world came crashing down, a whole other story for another time. But what came out of that was I went to the psychologist and the therapist and said, look, the, my doctor and said, look, this is what's been going on. And this whole other thing apart, they said, you've got depression. And that was a blessing. Um, I hated it at the time, yeah. but like it was like, oh, cool. There's a there's a label I can sort of work thing. with this, yeah. And um, three months after that, I left Adelaide. Yes. Against the idea of my psychologist, my doctor, my family, my friends, because it was like, mate, you've just been diagnosed with depression, and you're gonna move to Brisbane to get yeah. to Melbourne. Like, are you are you right, mate? Like you're you're gonna you're gonna need a support network now more than ever and uh i was smiling because exactly what you just shared the imperative to like it wasn't the other people it was just yeah. me in that environment that yeah. was ens ensconced into being yeah. that identity and i yeah. was trapped and locked and i was like so how do i where do i go now like i, I need to like create a massive like small shift is not going to work i need a massive yeah. wave so i put yourself somewhere new completely find yourself again and like okay what and the like the amazing part is as you would know that the truth is what sticks yeah all the other parts exactly. of identity when you've left it's like okay so these were all like my social responsibilities and who i was to this person and that person and this person and that person but as soon as you leave and you put yourself in a new environment take yourself to india or you know buy mm. a bar and then all of a sudden it's like well only the truth sticks. It's like, I can do this and I can do this and this is who I am, you know? Amen. And it's yeah. this really incredible conversation because I don't think like I've ever like shared this with too many people. It's like, that's a really intense process, but it's incredible. Yeah. So liberating. It's powerful. You know, funnily enough, I'm from Adelaide. <laughs> and, you know, when, Only took when us an I, hour to figure that out. How did that happen? <laughs> and you know, when I mean, I uh, went overseas for a couple of years, did stuff, but then when I came back, uh, I moved to Brisbane. Mm, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. And now um, you're in Melbourne. No shit. How's the? Uh, do, 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 but, do, 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 do. You know, but what's funny? I mean, the conversation about Adelaide is for another day. Yeah. But um. But what I find really, really uh, intriguing, it sounds like in both of our stories, but I think this is this is applicable for all of us. I miss, like I miss some of the people, I, I miss some of the lives. Um, I miss who I was in previous iterations of who I am. Mm. But it stagnates mm. and you get sick. Yep. And, you know, like I had a thing um, – Late last, no, last, the year before last, as soon as Sunny, we got pregnant with Sunny, my skin just went bad all over my face. Part, part of the reason why where I met you with Mason, Kate is so into, um, you know, health. Yep. And I went, yeah, I'll come along. I needed some way to fix this thing, not be on, on um, pharmaceutical drugs. Yep. And it was just, it was the house we were living in. It was the job, you know, the, it was the stuff I was doing. It was all of this stuff. <sighs> and we moved down here and it's just, it's like night and day. Yeah. And say goodbye to certain people that I miss and I love and I would love to see more of. Yeah, of course. And and there's no and even, you know, to be brutally honest, I mean I know that there are people in my life over the last fifteen years that probably think, Where is he? Uh, who is he? Who does he think he is? He doesn't call or he stopped calling, he stopped coming around. 
Does he think he's better than us? Does he, whatever it is. They have no idea that it's the complete opposite mm. of thinking that I'm better than anyone. It's more I'm in a pit of shame or I need some way out of this or I need to take care of myself and heal. Yeah. Um, and that means detaching myself from this environment for a while, not because of them at all. Yeah. But in order to be with them in the future. Of course. It's uh, it's powerful, man. And it's a deep journey, that one, isn't it? Especially when you're learning that you've, especially what you're touching on is like honoring the self. <laughs> you know, it's like it's all about honoring the self. It's like all this has happened and, you know, finding your own way, but consistently coming into honoring the self. And just, and this is what we we're saying, like removing yourself from an environment only what's true is what sticks and like you really find like okay i need to honor myself again and again and it like if i'm serving you from a place where i'm not honoring myself you know you, you can think what you want of me but i'm not honoring, yeah. you know like i'm it's a disservice exactly so i really need to find myself in all of that wow so i could talk to you forever <laughs> <laughs> so, man. can i say I think, one one yeah one more thing because i think you're gonna, you're gonna wrap it up now but something just came to me as you were speaking let's then. do it and I just thought, um, it is I, for some reason I just thought about um, people that do well, not, not necessarily celebrities, but people that people that are good at something or people mm -hmm. that progress, and and the world tells them they're really good at it, yeah, a lot, mm -hmm. and that really helps. Like being told a lot, hey, you're really good at this. Hey, you're really good at this. Hey, you, you start believing it, and you start. There's a new baseline for what you think you're capable of, or what you think you're. You know, and you own the room differently and, mm -hmm. and in, in the way that you, you know, in the places or spaces that your your strengths lie, mm. there's a swagger about you. Of course. Now, for you or I, we don't have an entourage of people telling us that we're amazing, that we're creative, that we're uh, innovative, that we can we can be these entrepreneurs, we can, we can live the life that we were destined to live. We don't have those people around us yet, mm. but... We have ourselves mm -hmm. and, like, it's all we've got really and it's all we've ever got. And so if there was anything from this whole conversation, you know, to leave your people with is that if, if you could do nothing else quietly in a journal or when no one's looking late at night, first thing in the morning, throughout the day, if you can just tell yourself how fucking great you are, how creative you are, how awesome you are, how the choices you're making are leading somewhere meaningful, are leading somewhere beautiful, are worthwhile. Like just just hammer it home even if you don't believe it. Yeah. You know, I think that that will give you enough to get to a point where you start putting some work out, to get to a point where you start making connections, to get to a point where someone else goes, hey, man, I'm, really, I'm digging the podcast, man. This is amazing. So then someone else goes, hey, I'd love for you to come on my podcast. And then someone else goes, hey, we'd love to give you money to do the podcast full time. So then on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. But it, it really does begin and end with just give, just love yourself, stupid, is yeah. what I'm getting at, you know? Love it. And the biggest uh, for some of my clients, the, the thing that helps that I consistently keep seeing in this, exactly what you're framing is there's this <sighs> – it, when we're, we're so hard on ourselves, you know, yeah, like when, we, so when, we, hard. when we do something wrong, it's like it sticks for hours, days, yeah. months. And yeah. when we do something good, it's just like, zoof. it's just yeah. it's like it didn't even happen. And so like a big part of what I flex with a lot of my clients is like, okay, let's stop and let's, let, let's learn to just pat yourself on the back. 
you yeah. know, because that's something that I've found so vital, you know, and I can see it happening. It's like I recently bought a guitar for the first time. Amazing. I've been playing it for a month. And my girlfriend's like, when she, when she's, and she's not intentionally doing this, she's just a lovely person, but she's like, oh, that sounds really good. And I can see what that does in, like, I'm like, because I'm super present when you're playing the guitar. I can see what that just did in my head. It's like, dung, 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 dung. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and positive reinforcement is exactly. incredible. And I, like, I'm mystified by, like, why we're so, like, foreign to this. Because when I look at my dog and it, like, I've had people come and teach me how to train my dog, right? Yeah. And they're like, instead of telling, her off all the time you're just building this yeah. negative relationship where she's like and you're like, and she's like, and you're like they're like wait she's doing the right thing and just been like good girl good yeah. girl and i've like people think i'm nuts they come over and i'm just saying that because she's doing the right thing she's just hanging out and i'm just like good girl good yeah. girl you know and just consistently snapshotting the positive behavior but we we can't even yeah, exactly what you just said is so yeah. vital, you know. If you can cultivate that by just when the small wins and just going, yeah, oh, that was awesome. Like today I went for a walk, you know, I don't exactly. normally walk or today I took the stairs or just like small things. Today I put out a Facebook Live or today I yeah. got my website, you know, like whatever it is, you know, and just yeah. be like, yeah, I fucking did that. And yeah, then man. if you have to, go celebrate it with like, you know, if wine's your thing, go get some wine. If you enjoy dinner, exactly. go take yourself out to dinner or, you know, whatever it takes for you to really anchor that in it's yeah super potent message thank you so much for sharing that bro thank you thank you before you leave um what is a book that you would recommend one book <laughs> it's so hard to pick one one but book, one book. Uh, um, okay uh, i would think oh what is it it's just over there Hang on two seconds and I'll go and get it. I'll be back. Perfect. It'll be very quick. Do you think? Okay. The Untethered Soul. Ah. Michael Singer. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. This was also recommended by Murray Kyle, who interestingly enough is uh, the other musician that's appeared on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, Very great. Awesome. It's a good one. It's a good one. Brilliant. And uh, if I may ask, now the question goes, if we could put um, your message on a billboard in Times Square, New York, all that flux, all that energy, what would your message read to the masses, brother? Why not? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> so good. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Love you know, on that, that's, I don't know why that came to me, but I just remembered there was actually a there was a Cambodian guy who worked at the bar two doors down from where mine was, and um, you know, poor as anything, and would just work nonstop, being ground. You know, it was a local um, owner of the bar and. Never had a day off, whatever. But he'd come over late and he'd try to get a couple of beers in and smoke a few cigarettes and all he, he – just beaming happiness, just mm. beaming joy, like unbelievably. And his reply to just about everything and the end of every single sentence was, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? And it was just to, to so many travelling people – the com the profound conversations that were be you know begun from meeting that guy around yeah why not yeah like you know this 
Why not, man? I love people like that. You know, it's just like so it's simple. Like their wisdom is just distilled into so like simplicity. You know? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Man, thank you so much for having me. It's really oh, it's an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege. I'm very grateful. You're not getting away that easy. I've got one last question. <laughs> um, so this is by far my favorite question, and it goes along the lines of beyond Michael Dixon, beyond the artist, beyond the speaker, beyond the skin suit, um, it's metaphysical in its nature. Who are you? I am you. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, man. Love it. <laughs> I am all of your listeners. Mm. I am that beautiful tree out my window. I'm sunny. I am yesterday. I'm tomorrow. I am all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> You're so great. Wow. So I have to I have to say, um, now I'll give thanks. Thank you, man. Like wow. I yeah. um yeah, just the minute I uh, I tuned into like the excitement of having you on the podcast, um, you know, it was just this complete. It wasn't even like, oh, there's there's an alignment we could talk about something. It was just like, and as the listeners would have found, it was just like, the future is for the creatives. <laughs> it was just like, yes, dog. <laughs> so I've just been like super, super, super pumped to have you Amazing. on. Amazing. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for the chat that we had. Um, and yeah, I feel like there's a lot more to come. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so that is what it is. But man, yeah. thank you so much, you know, and for just the authenticity and the humility and the vulnerability with which you really shared and opened yourself up to in this space. And uh, I can see that you bring that not just today, but also to all the work you've been doing on yourself and the work you will do on yourself. So thank you for always showing up the way that you do. It's, it really is a blessing to receive that. Thank you. Uh, you're awesome. You're awesome, man. Mm. Can I'm I just... <laughs> Can I just quickly throw in if someone wants to get in touch with you, um, how do they how do they find Michael Dixon? M Y K E L D I X O N dot com. Any handle on any social media. Um, I've got to get back on my vlog train, but that's a pretty it's a pretty funky way to get to know me is the weekly vlogs. Mm. Um, yeah, you've you. There's no other M Y K E L Dixons out there, so <laughs> that's pretty easy. Nice and yeah. unique. And there's a whole bunch of content on YouTube as well, guys, with some really good, really good thoughts. Um, I'd highly recommend tuning in to, to Michael Dixon on YouTube as well if you can. Thank you for your blessings, brother. Amazing. Love you. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 